Getting ready for one of the most important international aviation events in the world. Let's take a moment to talk about the International Civil Aviation Organization's Triennial Meeting in Montreal, an event that could impact how business aircraft operators fly overseas. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Pete Combs with your trusted source for business aviation news. They meet at least once every three years, the 193 member states belonging to ICAO, where they decide on aviation matters great and small, and this year, during the 40th triennial, there's quite a bit of both. Among the leading topics, emerging technologies, sustainable fuels, and aviation infrastructure. Now, looking at all of this from a business aviation point of view, Kurt Edwards, who's the Director General of the International Business Aviation Council, IBAC. Bruce Perry, he's the Senior Manager for Environmental Affairs at the European Business Aviation Association, EBAA. And from NBAA, Doug Carr, Vice President of Regulatory and International Affairs. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on NBAA's Flight Plan. I'd like to start with Kurt Edwards at IBAC. Kurt, could you give us a, a short brief on what this ICAO event is all about, with special regard, of course, to business aviation? The Assembly is actually the highest body, governing body, of the International Civil Aviation Organization, and this will be the 40th time that it has met since 1944. This is actually the 75th anniversary of the establishment of ICAO in 2019. So it's a, it's considered a very big meeting for purposes not just of its substance, but also in terms of the, the moment, the fact that we have now been flying and operating around the world under a regime that's been in place now for successfully for 75 years. At this meeting, which will last for two weeks toward the end of September, you will have 193 member states getting together and discussing issues of great importance. There are two purposes really for the assembly. The first is to endorse the work of the organization and the states under the organization over the last three years, and then to endorse a plan for the next three years until the next assembly. What are the priorities of the assembly or of ICAO? What should we be working on? What's the budget? And then a big part of that also will be the election of the 36 states that will sit on the council that is permanent in Montreal and uh, effectively runs ICAO, governs ICAO in the three years between every assembly. So that is what goes on. The work is carried out via discussions on working papers that states and international organizations such as IBAC put forward. And right now, the last time I looked, we were at nearly 500 working papers to discuss over this two-week period. So we within IBAC are scrambling to get through all these papers, identify which are most important to us and which ones we'll need to, to work on and make sure to address. We will have a delegation of about 12 people coming from five of our member associations around the world. So in addition to the IBAC team, uh, we're looking forward to having representatives from NBAA to work with our U.S. counterparts. We will have someone from the Canadian Business Aviation Association. We will have someone from India, from the Business Aircraft Operators Association. And we will have representatives from the African and the Asian Business Aviation Association. So all of that means that we will have a group of people able to 
go out and interact with a number of these delegations coming from the 193 member states and make sure that business aviation interests are taken into account. Doug Hart at NBAA, I'm sure that one of the things ICAO will take on during this triennial will be emerging technologies and how to not only cope with them, but in some cases perhaps regulate them. How do NBAA and IBAC plan to deal with some of these issues at the upcoming event? Business aviation finds itself in somewhat of a unique position going forward into this triennial with the renewed focus of supersonic transport and how to safely, efficiently, and responsibly bring that technology back to the community. It appears that business aviation may very much take a leadership role with with helping to establish updated standards that reflect current priorities on emissions, on noise, and efficiency that will make a viable product for the business aviation community, something we expect to see over the next several years. With with the upcoming assembly, IBAC will likely play a leading role in helping to guide those discussions at ICAO, in helping to bring a number of industry experts together as, as ICAO begins its deliberations on what will make sense for an international standard on supersonic flight. Here in the United States, we we expect a lot of that investment in standard setting to play a significant role as products begin conforming to what those standards might look like. And with the substantial business aviation community here in the US, we expect there to be a market for that capability for that aircraft when it finally gets certified and is operational. Uh, It's exciting. This is going to be, I think, a pretty robust couple of weeks up in Montreal. And I think business aviation uh, should look forward to some good output from this effort with with IBACs leading leading the participation and the effort of all the member states uh, and organizations, including including NDAA. Bruce, one of the issues we've been talking about for quite a long time now in business aviation is the matter of emissions and environmental sustainability. Tell me a little bit about EBAA's work with IBAC to ensure business aviation's successful, extensive work in this area is represented and understood before ICAO. What I'd like to start with is go back a little while and and highlight the fact that business aviation has its own commitment on climate change, which it published in 2009. Both IBAC and Gamma, the General Aviation Manufacturers Association, jointly published that document, which set out three goals and four mechanisms to achieve those goals within business aviation. So we have a foundation for all the work we do and some of the contributing work from from EBAA is, is to ensure that its operators are aware that this this commitment exists uh, what what can be done under that commitment and more recently with the addition of of Corsia which is a market-based measure which will be used for offsetting emissions over a baseline that will be established by ICAO for aviation in general but including business aviation um, but from an EBAA perspective, it's really important that our smaller emitters are able to understand their responsibilities under Corsia. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a baseline right now. So what we're doing is establishing what the emissions level is. And then once that's once that's completed over the first two years, which ends the end of 2020, we'll be able to look at what needs to be offset. And each, each operator that's included within Corsia will have to offset the emissions that they produce. 
Now, it's CBA's responsibility to make sure that its membership is, is up to date. And with the help of IBAC, we have a mailing list that we have uh, that we keep our members informed about what's going on and so on and so forth and what their responsibilities are under the scheme, where they're included. And even if those there are operators that aren't included within the course year requirements, our best practice advice is to make sure that they that they are monitoring their emissions anyway, because it's good business practice to do so. And it also gives them opportunities to independently offset the, the emissions that they produce. A couple of other things we've been doing is we've been working with a, a charter broker as well to look at how we can uh, encourage customers to offset more voluntarily, because whilst it's uh, you know we have we have a, a standard from IKEA that IBAC and its member companies subscribe to in in Corsair, it's important that in that understanding that it is it is possible to voluntarily offset too. So. That's, on, that's an ongoing process, and we're encouraging more operators to do that on a, you know, on a, on a, on a regular basis. The other thing that's important to uh, Corsia as well is the uptake of sustainable aviation fuel. This is another mechanism that's within the that was that was recognised within the business aviation commitment on climate change as a, a key contributor to business aviation reducing its overall climate impact. What business aviation has done, and this will be explained in the working paper that we we've, we will present to IKEA that uh, Kurt previously mentioned on what business aviation has been doing towards that and the events that we've held and so on and so forth. But we believe that business aviation is, is uh, both from a European and global perspective, is engaging better and ready to be able to to take sustainable aviation fuel on board what we need to do is is ensure that we can increase supply and help and help get that supply to all corners of the earth to be able to so that our operators can contribute to our climate goals doug business aviation is obviously now more than ever an international endeavor tell me a little bit if you would about the importance of having our aspect of this industry represented at ICAO during the triennial the great thing about IBAC is its constant focus on ICAO as an important element of the global aviation safety scheme. Their offices right there in the ICAO headquarters mean they've got daily interaction with the policymakers, leaders, and influencers that make the global aviation community what it is today. Their voice at ICAO helps to ensure that business aviation really is appreciated as an important stakeholder and my visits to Montreal on somewhat of a regular basis reflect that ongoing work, that IBAC's influence makes material difference in terms of how business aviation is treated, how it's perceived, which, which then translates into standards that are established not only broadly for aviation, but really tailored solutions for our community that reflect the uniqueness of what we do that's different from commercial aviation. And that ongoing recognition of business aviation's value really wouldn't be able to happen without IBAC's continued focus, continued presence and influence and ongoing work within the building itself. So these, these every three-year meetings really are unique opportunities to, for member associations like NBAA, like our Asian and African and Canadian partners to really see that day-to-day -day work that IBAC contributes to ICAO in terms of our ability to make meaningful progress on a variety of issues, not only during the triennial, but during the rest of our annual visits to Montreal, where there continues to be ongoing activity on a daily basis. 
Bruce? Just add to that, I'll give you a specific example. In many countries uh, outside of the US uh, and Europe, one is not able to fly a helicopter at night. So one of the things that the manufacturers approached IBAC with was this thought that at this assembly, we propose and get the approval of the assembly for IBAC to identify and collect best practices for how to foster greater helicopter operations around the world. So where there is success, where there is a thriving rotorcraft community, why is that there? And how can that be brought to countries where they could really benefit from the use of rotorcraft technology. So that's one of the things that we're teaming with, with the uh, Manufacturers Association. It's called ICCAIA, and we're a joint proponent of that paper. So that's uh, one of the ways where, for example, India, our Indian association is very interested in being able to see rotorcraft have uh, greater use within India. And this will be one of the ways that with them there at the assembly, they will help us uh, promote that paper, promote that notion, and hopefully get that on the uh, the work program of IKEA in the coming three years. Kurt, I realize there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into the triennial, but there's also a lot of work IBAC does outside of the triennial framework. Tell me a little bit, if you would, about that. Sure. So we have a, a permanent uh, uh, presence in the building. Uh, we have a, a small office within it, which facilitates our access to the offices of the Secretariat, which is the permanent UN civil servant type of organization where you have these officials who help to move along the mechanisms of ICAO, whether you're talking to the people in the Air Navigation Bureau who handle air traffic matters, safety matters, whether you're talking to the people in the Economic Bureau who handle facilitation issues at airports that are so critical to us, uh, the folks in the security office, the environment office, all of that we have access and interaction with them on a daily basis. In addition, the head of our office in Montreal is also uh, the representative for IBAC to the Air Navigation Commission, which is a critical body at ICAO that reviews and uh, endorses technical proposals that then go on to the council for basically the political level review and endorsement. Uh, so having a person at the table where we are reviewing potential proposed standards, proposed guidance on issues that are very important to us, that, that representation on a daily basis there within ICAO is critical. In addition, uh, we have prioritized uh, meetings in certain regions of the world. ICAO has regional offices around the world each of those has very focused meetings for those regions. So we attend some of those meetings in partnership with our member associations uh, in those areas. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a constant interaction with this body. IBAC exists effectively to lobby ICAO, just like NBAA exists to work with U.S. authorities, the EBAA to work with the EU authorities and broader beyond Brussels, the British Association to work in London, etc. Bruce, another thought about sustainable fuels? In fact, there's a paper under development on this topic, right? 
I think one of the highlights, and, and Kurt's already sort of alluded to this, is that the highlights about this is that the industry, the business aviation industry, has come together with a coalition of five member associations to to push this forward. Those five member associations are IBAC, EBAA, NBAA, NATA in the US, and GAMA. That have sort of and sort of solidified and brought everybody together to work on sustainable aviation fuel as a as a requirement for the industry going forward. And this is the work we've done over the last couple of years at eBase, which is the European Business Aviation Conference and Exhibition. Back in 2018, launched the Sustainable Aviation Fuel Guide, and since the launch of that guide, there's been a couple of demonstration events. One in Van Nuys, California in January this year and and a second one in the UK at, at Tag Farmer Airport. And this really leads me to talking about the sustainable aviation fuel paper that uh, IBAC is putting in to showcase the work that's been done on, on this subject and that it contributes to the business aviation commitment on climate change that I've already mentioned. And to invite the collective assembly to recognise and support the efforts that business aviation has made um, to raise awareness and encourage and increase the production, wider use of the fuel, and also to ask that ICAO facilitate and that the member states, the member states implement appropriate policies, including incentives, to encourage production and blending of sustainable aviation fuel in greater quantities, so that we can have an uh, you know a, an uptake and an increase in the consumption of sustainable aviation fuel by aircraft operators, um, so that business aviation is therefore making its contribution to lowering its climate impact. This is quite key for us at this triennial to be able to to get us heard uh, by the 193 member states, and I think it's 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 very important activity that's been going on needs to be highlighted to the member states to build on uh, what Bruce just said. What is really 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 critical in our paper and also in a broader industry-wide paper on sustainable aviation fuels is that states really, really, really need to put in place policies to incentivize the production of sustainable aviation fuel or SAF. Without that, it's, it's we're in a chicken and an egg type of situation, which comes first. We've heard talk of some states saying, hey, let's just mandate the production and the use of this fuel, but mandates don't do anything. That is not a way, that's not a signal to the market. We really want states to, to work with the industry to establish policies that will incentivize the development of, of these uh, fuels because it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with flying. What we need to address is the fuel uh, and how uh, we power our flights. And right now, the most important technology for doing that is going to be SAF. So getting states to recognize their responsibility to put in place these types of policies is important to us. As a second point, I'd say kind of off the, off the technical set of topics and off the environmental set of topics, we'll also be looking at uh, a, a broad topic called facilitation at ICAO. And there we want to make sure that developing rules on advanced passenger information systems and passenger name records, that those types of proposed requirements that may come forward in the next three years, that they are going to take into account the needs of the small operators of our community, because not every operator flying internationally is an airline. That's Kurt Edwards, Director General of the International Business Aviation Council, IBAC, 
We also heard from Bruce Perry at the European Business Aviation Association and NBAA's Doug Carr, who's the organization's Vice President of Regulatory and International Affairs. You can keep an eye on the triennial proceedings on the NBAA website, where you'll find a number of resources and constant updates. You can also monitor the proceedings at ico.int slash A40. That's ico.int slash A40. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan podcasts at Apple's iTunes website, wherever you find your favorite websites, or you can download them from nbaa.org. I'm Pete Combs. Thanks for listening to Flight Plan. <laughs>